What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Die by the Blade podcast, where Josh and I sit down and talk about everything Buffalo hockey. I'm your host, Luke. The other guy on my screen is my co-host, Josh, and we're going to get right into another jam-packed episode. Josh, what is up? How are you? How you been as we start off this brand new year? I've been doing pretty good. Uh, been getting some decent amount of work in, um, along with like a little bit of a balance, having some days off as well, so not to get overworked. Um, had a pretty good holiday. Glad we finally got some snow. I know a lot of areas got a lot more snow than some areas, but it's nice to finally look outside and see the normal wintry, wintry outlook outside. But other than that, just kind of chilling having a good time all my friends are home from school on break so that's fun um other than that not too bad how about you uh you know i i'm kicking off this new year in a in a, in a good fashion so uh i am currently sitting at work from home status as there's a tiny bit of a COVID outbreak uh within my program at work so hasn't been too bad been a little busy but other than that one other good piece piece of good news to start off this new year is I am getting promoted to sergeant early, so it's great. Loving it. Yay! Uh, finally getting that pay raise, and uh, we kicking it. We living it. So with that, we want to get into some hockey talk, as that's what we're here for. And let's just uh, take a look at some of the news going on with the um, Sabres as we start off this new year. So... First things first, um, Alex Tuck and Peyton Krebs look like they've played hockey together forever. Um, they had a nasty goal, as I'm sure all of you have seen by now, on New Year's Day. Um, Krebs just absolutely undresses his defender, centers it to a wide-open Alex Tuck, and now the only two points that Ale- uh, Peyton Krebs has in the NHL are both assists to Alex Tuck. So that's cool. Um, but then they both get covid um, well, I don't know if they both have it, but they're both in protocol. Um, along with them, I think Anders Bjork was added to the list in the same Was thing. it Bjork? I don't know. Someone some was added with them. I'm pretty sure it was Bjork. Um, they were added, but the day before them, I can't remember what. I think they were added on Tuesday and on Monday, Ocposo and Casey Fitzgerald were added. But Ocposo's was different because he tested positive, but he was pulled from practice after receiving that positive test. So not a great thing. Just not a great look in general. No, but I don't really think that's on the team. But I guess you could – I mean, I guess they could have I, I don't think it's on the team. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a weird kind of thing. It's kind of just like one of those, damn, that really sucks kind of moments. Like, yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, there's five Sabres in COVID protocol right now. Casey Fitzgerald, Kyle Ocposo, Anders Bjork, we are assuming, I think, is that other guy. Um, Alex Tuck and Peyton Krebs. Casey, Casey Middlestad's still injured. Jacob Bryson and Robert Hag got back to practice today as we are recording on Friday, January 7th. Um, who else returned? Oh, uh, Dylan Cousins is back. Uh, who came back with him again? I can't remember. Why uh, Jankow- Jankowski. Jankowski came back with him. That's true. And as um, we know, Coach Granado back on the bench. So yep, Don Granado back on the bench too. So that's good. And those three, neither none of them had COVID. So that's that was good to hear. Well, it's it's funny too because I'm sure everyone's already seen Cousin's story about him having to be home 
not having like he doesn't had no symptoms and he was just yep. kind of stuck at home and he was kind of pissed off about it. Yeah, and he, he was, was VR shadow boxing. <laughs> you love which to see is it. Awesome. You love to see him just like staying active too with with having to be yeah, home. I think that's a big thing that players. I mean, I'm not. I'm sure that mo- all like, I'm sure that ninety ninety nine percent of these guys are doing it. If they're asymptomatic, they're staying active while they're at home. Whether it's exercise equipment, whether it's VR gaming that we've been seeing a lot of people doing just in general, um, which I guess is good for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's good to see these guys stay healthy and stay active. And I'm sure that, like, I don't think I don't see why they wouldn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you got nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah, no, but Cousins back, ready. He's he wants to play. He's ready to play, full effort, hundred ten percent. So you love to see it after what he's already been doing this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he is he is probably. Uh, I think he was one of the biggest steals out of that draft, or he's going to be one of the biggest steals. I mean, yeah, sure. That that he was the Lafreniere draft, correct, or was the one before? It? Yes. Yes, 2019. Yeah. So obviously, like guys, like well, actually, personally, no. Isn't that the? Isn't that the? Wasn't that the Kako draft? No, because because this is Lafreniere's draft... second season. I thought. No, we drafted first. Never mind. Hold on, hold on. Let's find out. Good old internet. 2019, first round, seventh overall. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, and Lafreniere was drafted 2019 as well. Okay, so was Kako but, 18 no, so, then? Yeah, Kako was 18. He was... Darlene. Yep, he was right after Darlene. All right, I'm caught up now. Anyway, but my point with all that was, is yeah, sure, guys like Lafreniere were like number one for sure overall, but like Dylan Cousins was so under the radar that I think he's a steal at seven. I mean, I think Dylan Cousins could have been closer to the top five in that draft. I think Cousins easily could have gone five. I don't think it would have been any higher than that. I think it might have been maybe four tops. But um, as long as as long as he continues to take this uh, "quote unquote" Sean Couturier route, yeah, he might not be wrong. I do like I do like that he's like developing into that kind of player. For, for, so, for those that aren't aren't aware of that "quote unquote" Sean Couturier route. Um, he kind of, you know, he was always playing in the NHL first couple years. He was like 30 points, then 45 points. And then he took off. Um, we're, 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 we just made ourselves look really dumb. Lafreniere was drafted in 2020. Yeah. Okay. I was right. I was right. I'm sorry. Thank you. So here's one through seven in 2019. This is why I think cousins could have gone higher than he did. We got Jack Hughes, Capo Caco, Kirby Doc, Bowen Byram, Alex Turcotte, Moritz Seider, Dylan Cousins. Yeah, no. So he probably wouldn't have gone top five. I think. I think it could have been. I think he's going to be better than Turcotte's going to end up being. He but... didn't have a good draft year. He had seventy-two games played and only twenty-eight points. Cousins did. So, or no, that's that's over two seasons. But still, like, that's not the greatest. That, that don't that don't sound right. No, it doesn't. I, elite prospects might be wrong here. They might have something weird going on here, but. My point being, I still think I think he could have gone over Moritz Sider. I mean, Sider's turning into a defenseman that well, no one expected him. We, to. We got to remember with Sider that that was the off the board pick by the Red Wings anyway. That's fair. That's fair. I think he could definitely be over Turcotte. 
personally? I think right now, yes. I think it'll depend on how Turcotte eventually develops. Hopefully, if he does. Mm -hmm. Bowen Byram, I mean, defenseman, yes. But still, I think he could be over Byram. Byram was four. Anyway, my point is, we have a very good player in Dylan Cousins. We'll get to that later in the episode as we preview what's to come in the future and stuff. But to get back to what's going on right now, um, moving away from the NHL a little bit, J.J. Paterka was sent back down to the AHL with Rochester, and in two games, he scored five points and instantly won AHL Player of the Week. Like, he was sent down and four days later won AHL Player of the Week. So he wasn't even there for the entire week. I mean, this kid is going to be fantastic. He undressed like six guys in those two games and scored some nasty goals, had some great assists. He looked really good in the NHL when he was up here for those few games. But, I mean, Don Granato knows what he has with J.J. Paterka, but he does also know the flaws that Paterka has. And, I mean, it's it's kind of you – can, you can see it on the ice. I mean, sure, he's got the skill. He's got the vision, but he doesn't – he, he's almost there on the speed. I think it's still – the game is a little quick for him. And – he, I don't, I, I feel like it's more of a defensive game sort of thing. And like knowing when to pull off the flashy stuff, when to dangle through three guys, when to try yeah. behind the back, no look pass to your right winger. That's no longer there. Um, yeah. I think, I think it's just, he wants him to revi- refine the little inconsistencies uh, right. before he's almost actually be ready less, for the NHL. Almost be less flashy, you know, like in a sense. Yeah. Not not in the sense of like just stop doing what you're doing, but like know when to use it, sort of thing. Yeah. Like I mean, a, a big thing with Don Granado is fundamentals. Yeah, patience we, too. We, yeah, and we've seen that a lot. Like we've seen that even just with Darlene this season. Right. Last night, a great quote to come from Granado last night. I absolutely loved it. It was fantastic. So Don Granado said he pointed out Rasmus Dahlin to the rest of the room after the first period. Quote, just watch that guy. Absolutely amazing. When something goes wrong, he elevates. If something goes wrong, he's trying so damn hard the next time. He's fearless. He also went on to say a little bit more. I think it was him. Don't quote me on that. But someone had said that the media is kind of like focusing so much on all the bad Darlene plays. They're not really looking at him like how Don Granato is like Don Granato sees every facet of Darlene's game from practice to games to everything in between. That's your guy that you want critiquing you is your coach. I mean, sure. It's going to be hard for Darlene to not hear the media, to not hear what other people are saying about him, but as a player, he's going to eventually mature enough to not let that stuff get to his head. And if he doesn't, that'll be his downfall, but I don't think he will. But, I mean, I think that right there from Granado speaks volumes because it shows that the coach has confidence in him. It shows that he's probably got a lot of confidence from the guys in the room. I would hope so anyway. And it shows that he knows what he has to do. You know, like people are working with him. People are trying to get him better and he will get better, you know? Yeah, exactly. So 
Nothing to worry of, about with Darlene, I don't no, think. I, I don't think so either. There's a lot of upside going on. But back to what we were talking about as we, you know, just kind of jump down back down to the AHL, how Paterka went off. Uh, Jack Quinn. Jack, Jack Quinn. So as we know, he had COVID and then he had mono. Yeah, Jack Quinn just got a shitty hand dealt to him. <laughs> it's like, hey, end of 21, here you go. Yeah, right. But comes back first game, and now now we know Jack Quinn. He's like what five five ten five eleven. Yeah, he's kind pretty of small. On the, he's not the, the biggest side. guy. Kind of on the smaller side, you know. He's he's more of a flashy player, more of an offensive minded player. He dropped his gloves in the first game back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fantastic. What? I I love it. I love to see it. What? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you love to see it. You love to see your guys sticking up. Actually, for Jack team. Quinn is six foot. Okay, okay. Uh, is He's that on skates? Six foot, one hundred and seventy-six pounds, dropping the mitts. Yeah, so smaller guy dropping the mitts. You love to see it though. Like it's you love to see guys stepping up, standing up for their teammates, for themselves, and it's a good culture to have within a, an organization. Right, uh, and part of that, part of that, starts in Rochester. Like it is with Quinn. I mean, you talk about, you know, Eichel was a locker room cancer or Eichel was like not happy here because the locker room was bad. Whatever your spin might be, whether it was Eichel was the problem or Eichel wasn't the problem. It starts in places like Rochester. You have to have a good culture set up in your AHL to keep that culture going in the NHL. So, it's not – I kind of lost my train of thought here where I'm going with this. Oh, okay, yeah. The... fat. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so the whole the, – my whole point here is, is like if Quinn is stepping up for his guys down there in Rochester, you know he's going to do that when he comes up here. And you know guys like Paterko will do the same. And if – I mean, it doesn't matter. It's not as important with goalies, but if Portillo and Levi are down there next year, they're going to get the same mentality. If Isaac Rosen comes through the Rochester American system, he's going to get that mentality. So it's it's good to see that that's starting in Rochester. And I think it's also coming back here in Buffalo because these guys clearly do want to play for each other. It's just they're having a hard time getting together because of all these COVID issues. and Yeah, and issues. everything's been so ever-changing at this lineup due to right. that. So it's hard to really build that chemistry of who – it's it's more of a um, – especially the younger players are trying to build the chemistry with the guys that, you know, they think are going to be around for a couple of years. Like they are. Right. Right. And it's also hard because like you're, you're so unsure about what, what's going to happen that these players like might lose like confidence and stuff. They might be a little worried to try something new in a game or, or things like that, you know? Exactly. Like it's it's going to be tough to do. It's going to be tough to do like a lot of the things you normally see happen in hockey, which is like make that chemistry, make those connections, like just because of the ever changing of the rods roster and things like that. But exactly, and the only the only uh, counterpoint to Jack Quinn and some of these guys stepping up and defending their teammates, defending themselves, is as you know we see from a lot of fans is like you know. He's small. Why? Why are we? Why is he the one going after? Why don't we have a big body to do this? Why don't we have, you know, this six five? All he does is hit like Ryan Reeves kind of person. Well, because you don't necessarily need that. Exactly. 
you you don't want to see obviously you don't want to see you know your your top end talent always being in the fights but it's good to see that they're at least standing up for them and even if it's not fights at least have them get to the dirty areas and fight for their team and fight for the puck and fight for the play instead of just kind of backing off and waiting for these the the, the shot to come right yeah make I the mean, play happen yeah i mean it's it's nice when you see guys like jeff skinner like get in the corners or get in front of the net and like push that big guy around it's it's good to see not only as a fan but just as a as a teammate on the ice i'm sure they love to see little Jeff Skinner going in the corner after Zdeno Chara trying to get the puck out. I mean, that shows, Hey, this guy's going out there and trying to do this for me. You know, he's not yeah. going out there cause he wants that puck cause he's going to go score for himself. He's going out there cause he wants that puck cause he's going to either score for the team or pass to a teammate who can score for the team. Well, yeah, he's going out there showing like, Hey, I want to make a play happen for us. Right. Exactly. Whether right. I'm doing it or whether I'm setting someone else up, it's going to happen. Right. I'm going to try to make it happen. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's just that's what you need to see more of. But like I said, it's going to be hard for guys to do that when this roster is ever changing. I mean, a fun story that came out of last week was Ethan Prow coming in and scoring his first NHL goal in his first NHL game after playing seven years in the pros. And it's great for him. And it's probably great for the locker room. But how permanent is Ethan Prow? And when he leaves, will that deflate the locker room you know what i mean that's that's what's hard is not only is is it because the starters aren't there it's because these guys coming in might make all this progress and look really good but not nearly be good enough as the starters that they're replacing and when the starter comes back that guy goes back so yeah. it's just it's it's hard on that that just to have a mindset like a specific mindset here because everything's changing yeah exactly but with that, as we mentioned earlier, Donnie Granato called out Darlene last night to the locker room. And even uh, when he was asked the media questions about Darlene and whatnot, he also backed him up and said, like, hey, his play's been really good. I've liked it a lot lately. So great to see that. Unfortunately, though, last night on the 6th of January, the Sabres do take an L to the San Jose Sharks, losing 3-2. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh not, I, unfortunately, I wasn't you know, even watch the game so we've been saying all episode that it's hard for these guys to adjust to these covid issues and shit but it's also hard for us because we don't know how to judge what this team is doing because we don't know I, i'm not trying to make this about us but i'm just saying it's kind of funny because it's like how, how do we like judge what last night's game was because i mean you're coming off of a four-day break half your teammates or five of your teammates are sick or in COVID protocol. A few of your other teammates are injured. Um, you haven't had a regular practice schedule. The team coming in hasn't has played two nights well, before. No, they played the night before. No, two nights before. Was they were. Yeah, they played on Tuesday, and they and that's why the game didn't get canceled last night because had the Sharks played on Wednesday and they had to fly in on Thursday and all that weather, it probably would have got canceled. So yeah, but no, still you're having a, you're having a team come in who is fresh. They're they're They've played early recent, more recently than you. And they have and, a little bit of a uh, chip on their shoulder after losing six, two to the red wings. Yeah. Yeah. That too. So it was obviously a tough first period. 
Ukapekalukanen didn't really look like himself right away. He obviously got better as the game went on, but he didn't really look like how he was. But this could also be because the team's leaning on him a lot, and that could be getting into his head more than anything. Because as we said, this team's had a lot of time off in the past like three weeks. Well, and you got to think too, the defense in front of him is not what we saw at the beginning of the season. Right. Ethan Prowse still was still in the lineup. Robert Hag's not back in the lineup. You have Jacob Bryson not in the lineup. You have Colin Miller not in the lineup. Well, Miller was back last night. Okay. And he actually he made a few really nice defensive plays. I, I saw a couple of them. Um, and Bryson and Hag were back to practice today, so that's good. But not having two starters that were right. there. Right. Not having two veteran defenseman guys. And well, even, well, honestly, yeah. Casey Fitzgerald was helping out quite a bit. He looked really nice in the few games he's been up here. The, the, the only issue is... It's it's an inexperienced defensive core. It's right. a very inexperienced defensive core, and that's right. and that's the issue UPL is facing. And the fact of it's not that he doesn't trust the guys in front of him; it's that the other team's offense might just be too much sometimes for our defense to figure out. Right, exactly. But the the scary part about that point is it wasn't a full San Jose team. Logan Couture was not there. Eric Carlson was not there. That's two big names that help out that team a lot. That's why I say it's very inexperienced defensive core. Right, exactly. I mean, you still got Timo Meyer. You still have, um, wow, God, I can't even name anyone else on that team right now. Timo Meyer is. They don't got much. That's the thing. That's true. I mean, that's that's what was more concerning in that first period. I think that's what people. Were, oh, Tomas Hurdle. Tomas Hurdle's. I think that's what people were focusing steady. on in that first period. Is that, hey, like, yeah, it's 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 the NHL. Every team's pro for a reason. Every player's. Right. In right. there for a quote unquote reason, yeah. And any anything can happen in any game, but when you don't have your when they don't even have their top guys and you're still kind of getting smoked like that, you right. just, it's, it's really bad to see. I mean, they didn't have Kevin LeBanc, Logan Couture, Eric Carlson. I mean, Brett Burns didn't really look like himself. I mean, he's getting old, so when does he ever? <laughs> um, so yeah, but no. Obviously, the first period was less than to be desired, but the second and third were great. I mean, second period was miles better than the first, and the third period, I mean, the Sabres outshot the Sharks, I think, like 15 to 5 in the third or something like that. It was yeah, insane. But we, we can't be getting outshot 15 to 5 in the first period. That's that's the other issue. We've seen well, that in the past the past few games. You Let me tell you get, something here. Get outshot in that first period. Let me tell you something here, Lucas Seely. I will show you that. Hey, whoa, the box whoa, whoa. Score... When do we? Since when do we use my full name on this? <laughs> Listen, I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes. I, yeah. I, I, I just, I just, I don't want to get your attention. See if you're. <laughs> Jokes. Jokes. People don't even know me. Who am I? <laughs> I'm not here. <laughs> All right, shots were thirty-nine to twenty-one, Buffalo. That's so. That's that's much better than what we've seen throughout the past few games, and even for most of the season. The Sabres have been yeah. getting outshot for a lot of the season, and people don't realize that because we've been in games. But there, there's there's something fundamentally with our with our either transition defense or neutral zone defense, something that. We can't suppress them before they come in the zone. They're just ripping shots. And, and, you, and well, if you want to win the NHL, you can't win without with allowing 15, 20 shots a period. 
Well, they're just backing off. They're not going at the... They're not taking the man. The Karuba collision last night was Colin Miller leveling Tomas Hurdle on the boards right before he entered our zone. And that's what you need to do. That's what you, you have to go at that guy before he's even in your own zone and knock him down. I mean, it's that's all there is to it. It's not that or hard. Or at least not hit him enough to push him away from the puck. Maybe well, not yeah, even knock him down if you can't knock him down. The, disrupt the play. Exactly. You know, it's it's just it's ridiculous. I don't like you you back off of a guy like that and it's like, what are you doing? Like if you went at him like we saw it in the Islanders game. Um it was either Anthony Bavillier or Kiefer Bellows just waltzed into the zone. Like no one was it there. It was it was Bellows. Yeah. And it made NHL's like highlight reel on their Instagram page, but he didn't really do anything. No one played defense on him. <laughs> so Yeah. There's there's definitely question marks on defense, but you know, Hag should be back soon and Bryson should be back soon. So we're gonna get, you know, the chemistry back a little bit. Maybe it'll help. Obviously, we saw the beginning of the season, it worked. We were doing all right. So hopefully to, to answer we can get your question of, of shots, shots were looked pretty even in the first. Second period, the Sharks had one, two, three, four, five shots in the second period. And the Sabres had about 10 or 12. And in the third, the Sabres had close to 20 shots. I mean, you'd you love to see it. Like like I said, there's there's a lot to be excited about on this team. But now that we know that there is, we can slowly start to get into a what needs to be fixed on this team. Right. Well, a lot. A lot of it. Unfortunately, too is is defensively. It's it's just I don't I don't know what it is. We just got to do something in that defensive zone to just play better and have better transitions between offense and defense. And I think that's the biggest the biggest issue that I've seen throughout the season. Well, one of the big problems last night in the first period, at least, was they weren't going up and down the ice. They were going side to side. They were doing they were doing D to D passes or wing to wing passes. And it's like, what are you doing? People are going to pick those off all day long. The, oh yeah, the the other teams just sitting there waiting for them to have a just a just a pass that's just off, or like just too slow. Exactly for them to just jump it and then boom, they have a breakaway or at least like uh, an easy transition offense for them to get it deep and have control or of the just puck. control of the puck. Yeah, exactly. Because that's something that you just. I mean, the Sabers just need to control the puck. Well, and that's the that's the biggest issue that I've seen on offense is that we can't get the puck deep. We can't get into the zone and then we lose the puck immediately. Right. And that's, and that we, we can't have that if we want to win games in the NHL. Right. And one thing Don Granado said that they worked a lot on in this, like not really break, but just these, this large amount of time between games, they've been focusing a lot on what to do with the puck when you have it. Yeah. Less of like, what do you do defensively? Which I mean, yeah, it's obviously a focus, but like it doesn't have to be all the time, but yeah, he says they do that, but like, it didn't look like that last night. Personally, yeah, I know I'm being a little, little more harsh than I usually am, but like, you say you do that, and then, but like, where is it in the game? Exactly, you know? exactly, and that's and that's been one of the biggest issues is just puck control in general. And hopefully, you know, with these people coming back from COVID protocol and injuries and whatnot, we start to see a little bit more chemistry, a little bit more confidence. I think that's a big issue too. 
is that a lot of these players are just lacking the confidence with the puck because of kind of how much they've been beaten down by, you know, knowing that they have an inexperienced team, knowing right. that, you know, we're going into games always as the underdog. We're well, not the other expecting thing to is, win. And then the when things thing aren't is, going your way, yeah, they even they continue to lose that confidence. The other thing is, though, is this team hasn't won since December 16th, but that's not fully on them. No, a lot of it's on COVID. I think they played only, like, what, five games since then? They have played five games since December 16th. That is insane. I mean, that's almost, I think. Almost I mean, almost that, a month of hockey. That is, almost, yeah, almost a month. In almost a month. That's that 22 days. Games. That's 22 days and, and five games in that span. Or six games, I'm sorry. Because the 16th was a win against the Wild. And then the next night they played Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh and lost. But then after that, you got four postponed games. Then you have a loss to the Devils, lost to the Islanders. And then you don't play again until New Year's Day and you lose to the Bruins. And you don't play again until yesterday. You lose to the Sharks and you're not going to play again until the 11th on Tuesday. Yeah. So it's it's just tough because, like, they're not having that regular practice schedule to, like, work on things in between all these games. If this was a normal season, I mean, obviously there wouldn't be that much of a break, but you'd have time and... Well, they, they, they'd be able to, you know, not have to worry about, hey, is this next game going to get postponed? Do we have to prep for this team instead of this team? Or are right. we still focusing on this team to prep for? That's the thing, too that people don't realize goes into practices is they're also prepping for how the, their next opponent plays. But so, at some point, at some point they have to just focus on themselves. Well, yeah, exactly. And like, I think that's kind of what they're starting to do now with all the post moments. They're finally starting to, Hey, let's just focus on our game. Worry about the other team during the, basically during the game and kind of make changes on the fly. Right. But you have to, but you can't like have that first period be the time where you're identifying what you need to work on, you know, like, or not identify. like you can't be that. You can't have that first period be like identifying the team that you're playing. You, you do have to have like a base knowledge and a base plan when you're going yeah. into that game because, or, or else you'll have first periods like you did last night. And that is just not good. Exactly. But with that, obviously, Sabres lost last night. We play again on the 11th against Tampa Bay. Hoping Guess for who's going to that game? Let's a go. win, question mark? Hey, that's, 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 that's not fair in the fact that my game got postponed. Yeah, you were going to go to a Tuck's first game back, and it got post, or first game here, and it got postponed. Uh-huh. I, I am hopefully going to see Tuck's first game back off of COVID protocol. So that'll be fun. Sitting in section 109. Anyone out there, if you're listening and you're going to be at that game, you'll know where to find me. Um, yeah, so the- anyone anyone that just heard that and, and is thinking about going over there, run away now. I'm the, I'm, I'll am I'm be the big, tall ginger in cowboy boots. <laughs> um, oh, should I wear my Eichel jersey on Tuesday or do you think Please. I'll get shot? I'll, I'll probably try to shoot you. I'll shoot, <laughs> shoot you through, I'll shoot you through the screen of the game. No, no. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll wear my Roy jersey. Bring back. The there you go. The, the um, true anyway, number. The true number nine. The true number nine. Actually, no. The real number nine. Eric Rasmussen. Fair. With that though, <laughs> again, Sabres play Tuesday, hoping for a win. It's Tampa Bay, so who knows? Again, like we said, we're gonna see a lot of backups this year. Cooch is back though. 
I don't care. I hope. Nope. I don't wish ill upon people. I'm gonna. I'm gonna not say that. I hope Moving he has on. a bad game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Moving on, though. I believe there's some interesting news. Yes. Since is it going on right now. Yes. So as we all know, the World Juniors were canceled. The Rip. Olympics are no longer going to have NHL players at them. So, but that's for any, here? but that's for anyone playing in the NHL. Right. Where I'm going with this, a lot of the World Juniors guys, kids, whatever you want to call them, it's weird to call them kids because I'm gonna call know. them kids because I'm older. Well, that's fair. <laughs> but regardless of how old you are, these guys are now going from the World Juniors to possibly play in the Olympics. Four of those guys with interest for Buffalo Sabres fans that are on the short or the long lists, I should say, for their home countries. I'd Owen say Power, I'd probably say very long list. Yeah, considering Cody Franson is on Canada's list, it's a very long list. Um regardless, Owen Power, Jack Quinn, and Peyton Krebs are all on Team Canada's list. I don't know how Peyton Krebs is because he is technically an NHL player, but if he gets sent down to the AHL, he could play. Krebs is probably the the furthest one off of that list because he's probably going to be staying up here in the NHL. Unless, yeah, and I don't. There's see no, the there's Sabres, no my buy. And I don't see the Sabers being like, yeah, sure, go on, go over there. Um, but they don't really have a say in Quinn and Power. I think it's anyone that's either. In, with an organization that's not signed or signed to a two-way contract. I think that's that, the thing. That could be true. That so could be Krebs true. obviously is signed to a two-way contract because he can bounce between the NHL and the AHL. Same with um, Jack Quinn. Right. That, that, that is true. I didn't think about it that way. Um, but regardless, so those three are up there for Canada. And Isaac Rosen is on there for Sweden. So that's fun. He needs to get to the AHL right, right now because his team in Sweden – just doesn't play him. But as we've said, Sweden is basically like the NHL, but just in Sweden. Anyway, um, so yeah, those four are apparently four up for up for grabs for the Olympic team for Canada and Sweden. Um, I haven't heard any other names, Sabres-wise. Um, there's a lot of names in general. I th- I'm not going to lie. I think Brian Gianta is on the USA list. Well, it's going to be interesting, too, with some of these younger guys if their personal teams are going to allow them to go because they still have a say. Well, So, like, but, Owen Power could be told he can't buy Michigan slash the NCAA itself. That's true. I didn't think the NCAA – I forgot the NCAA could probably step in. Exactly. So, it's going to be interesting to see if any of these World Juniors guys go depending on what their teams say. See, Rosen – And what I their think- policies are as a league. I think Rosen will go. I think Rosen has the best chance out of any of the Sabres prospects to go because the SHL, I think, is a lot more lenient about players going. Yeah, and now I don't want this to come off wrong, and I don't want this to be politically incorrect, but take it for what you will. No disrespect meant towards anybody. I'm kind of nervous to see... Our guys go to can or our guys go to China like this, just because of like what could happen, and that's kind of why the NHL is not sending their players as well, just because what could happen, how long they could get stuck there. Exactly. So it's a little, it's a little nerve wracking, and I'm sure well, and it like, is for them as well, because I mean it would really suck for Owen Power, Peyton Krebs, Jack Quinn, Isaac Rosen, any of these guys 
to go over there to play for their country and then god forbid get covid and get stuck there for months well or I, th- I think not the other get thing COVID, but be in a positive pool and get stuck there for months i, th- I think that's what the nhl is worried about even even like not even being in the pool, but like having some kind of COVID outbreak within the NHL at the Olympics. Right, right. So it's, I, I really Especially just think with this, people coming from all over the world, literally. Right, right. It, it, it's so, it, it's so shitty to say, but I really just kind of wish they would have canceled it. The whole thing. Like, I know we did it last year or the other year, a couple years ago with Tokyo. But there comes a point where it's like you gotta worry about like the athletes themselves. Yeah. And you gotta worry about their home leagues, their home teams, their families, their home countries, who they're taking this stuff back to. So not to get on that whole soapbox there, but I mean it's exciting that these guys will get the chance possibly to go to the Olympics, but it is once again, like I said, a little nerve wracking, but I think power will probably do the best out of the four. If he is picked Rosen didn't really get a chance to show off his stuff, but he did look kind of strong in the Sweden world juniors games. Quinn and Quinn and Krebs are a little bit of a little, a couple wild cards um, because Krebs is like doing well in the NHL, but not as well as hoped. And Quinn is, I mean, Quinn had COVID. Quinn had mono. So I don't know if it'd be in his best interest to go. So if any of the four were to choose not to go, I think it might be Jack Quinn. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you there, Josh. Um, but with that, before we get out of here, we got we got one other thing we want to talk about quick. And um, everyone, not everyone, but most everyone is going to be coming back from COVID, from injury. So we're going to have a full team again. Hopefully, as long as nothing else changes, obviously. Knock on wood. <laughs> Hope you all heard that. But I want, I want to talk about what these lines can can look like and what this team can look like coming up. And even like future gear, like next season even. But starting with this season, what we got right now, there's some potential, at least offensively. I would like to take some credit for these lines because I sent you these lines. <laughs> and you did not respond to me and now you're all of a sudden on board with them explain yourself no i'm just kidding <laughs> i never said i wasn't on board with it i just maybe wanted to make a change or two you have you have made a couple changes i i was the the lines i made had paterka on them just because I, yeah i took paterka out because i'm letting him play in the a right i mean yeah the, the, these lines are for the rest of this season yes Obviously, Paterka is going to be in next year. Rosen might be in. I don't think Rosen will be. Quinn might be in. Quinn might be in. Power might be in. We didn't do defensive pairings just because those are kind of set. That's going to be ever-changing. I mean, it's going to change a lot, I think, next season. Next season, yes. But this season, I think they're pretty much set as they they are. We know Bryson Miller, Darlene Joker, and then Hag and whoever they decide to put with them. Yeah. Pissick. Pissick, yeah, that's right. No, yeah. Pissick, yeah. Pissick, Darlene, Joker, Hag, Bryson Miller. Yeah, but Darlene Joker's been working really well. And, okay, anyway. Anyway. Forward, forward <laughs> lines, this is where we're focusing because, like we said, defense is kind of set. Goalies are UPL and insert NHL goaltending bum here. Well, and, it's, and the offense is, is more fun, too, because there's a lot more 
fun coming up where the defense is pretty much set. Right. So first line, and this might, this, this is actually, this are, this one's already changing because Brett Murray was sent down to Rochester today. Um, and we don't know if he's coming back. Mind you, mind you, this is not like the first line. This is like, right. Yeah. These lines are in no particular order. Just, just lines, lines because that's what Granado's kind of made. Yeah, he doesn't Granado have a just, first line. Yeah, Granado just kind of plays lines. That's the only similarity between him and him and Kruger is that neither of them really have like line one, two, three, four. He wants that's balance. Just, that's and that's the thing. And that's I think it's really yeah. good in an NHL team. You have to have that balance. Yeah. I think it's good to have that top line, quote unquote. But to be able to have the balance might even right. be better. The, the the ability to be able to go into the locker room and say, okay, you three, you're going to be playing a lot more next period because I liked what you showed me in this period. You three, you have to work on your shit, so you're going to be kind of riding the bench a little bit. It's it, it's like exactly that kind of stuff. Anyway, so line one, again, not line one, but we have, well, I'll read them from left wing to right wing. Brett Murray, Dylan Cousins, Kyle Ocposo, because for some reason before the break, that line was working, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I don't understand how, but I'm not right. going to complain. <laughs> but obviously, Brett Murray is down in Rochester, and we don't know if he's coming back or when he's coming back. And Kyle Ocposo will be in COVID protocol till probably at least Tuesday's game. Next line. Jeff Skinner, Tage Thompson, Victor Olofsson. This one, I like it. You, you can you can change this one. So so these these three lines coming up are the lines that I made for those wondering. Yeah. So I'm kind of like giving my first reactions to them here because like I looked at them but I didn't think about them. So like this one I like, but I hate at the same time because all three of these guys are scorers, but none of them are really set up guys. That's why would I you, don't uh, like it. You know what I mean? Would you rather would you rather a, a Rasmus Aswin in Olison's place? No, because like, I actually no no no. I think I think Skinner would be the one to come out of that line because yeah. Thompson and Olison work well together. Yeah. I mean that that was a line. Aspen Thompson Olison beginning of the season that was the line, the seventies line. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make a change here, but I'll read your your next line as is before we make the change. So the next line was Aspen Krebs Tuck, and honestly, flipping Aspen and Aspen and Skinner. Makes it even better because Skinner is then with Krebs and Tuck. Yeah, you're right. You, I, I didn't <laughs> think about that one. I don't know why. I didn't yeah. think about that one. Yeah. So, so the change here is obviously Skinner and Asplin flipping. So now we have Asplin, Thompson, Olafson, Skinner, Krebs, Tuck. That looks very nice. I like that very much. And the fourth line we have Zemgus Gergensen's Casey Middlestat and Vinny Hinestroza. I don't, I, I don't love it, but you got to kind of do what you it's, can. Well, well, it's one of those. Where else do you fit in mitts? Do you move them back to the way? I I like mitts at center. So having the too. center depth of Cousins, Thompson, Krebs, and mitts. Right, but the problem is, is when you put mitts with guys like that, or any or anyone with guys like that, does it stunt their growth? You know but what I mean? who do you who do you, who would you who would you put there in the play? Only thing I would do would maybe switch Mitz and Thompson. Maybe, yeah. Honestly, I would also p- think about switching Hinestroza and Bjork. So our our four extras right now are Drake Kajula, John Hayden, Cody Egan, Anders Bjork, and Mark Jankowski. Mark <laughs> Jankowski would probably go back down to the A. Um, 
just 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 to keep playing pretty much but i i wouldn't be against mitts going to the wing but then i don't know who you put at center with gergensen's and hinestroza you could you could put eek in there you could put jankowski there i'm i'm just honestly i made these lines in order to not have to use hayden or eekin that's fair. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> That's the reason I made the lines the way that they did, because I don't think Eakin belongs or Hayden belong in the NHL. Maybe not the NHL. Eakin could probably make an NHL, but I don't think Eakin works on this team. I don't like Eakin no. on this team. I don't think no. he fits the system. So I, I... one one thing I've just thought about, Mitz up on the wing instead of Murray – I mean, that could work. I mean, and it also depend on... Gergensen's back at center, like the good old days. And then Bjork on the wing with Gergensen's and Hinestroza. I mean, it could work. That, that'd, be, that'd be considered your legitimate fourth fourth line. Your, yeah. Your third line. Yeah. Like, they're your, they're your shutdown guys. They're but your... then that way, I feel like... I feel like that's even more balanced than what you have just because Mitz then is with... More high flying players than Gergensen's and Hinnestros. I mean, don't be me I mean, Hinnestros is more high flying than people realize. That's that's yeah, why he, I have he, him with mids. I I like Hinnestros a lot. He's I don't I don't hate him, but like he's definitely done more than I expected this year. I didn't he's, really expect him to do much at all. He's very much an offensive presence and might lose you a little bit on defense, and that's why I like Gergensen's with him. Mm-hmm. Is because Gergensen's. Yes, has a little bit of offensive prowess that he likes to randomly show, but I mean, Hinnestroza has 15 points, and Gergensen's is very sound defensively. Yes, I do. And like Mitz is he, very balanced. In my, he's opinion. become a much better. I, I I like. I think Gergensen should play out his career here, as long as I, we don't have to pay him too much. I, I want. I want to see him go back down to like the 1.6 that Johan Larson got instead of the Whoa. 2.4 that he's getting paid right now. Well, that's what I said. I don't want him to get paid too much, but I I would like to see him stay here for his career because he's 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 quietly turned into a good third fourth line guy. If if he continues to play like this, I'm not against it. It sucks to see that we wasted a, not wasted, but used a first round pick on him. Yeah, he definitely could have been a second or a third, but I think um, part of it was also the players he was with at the beginning of his career. Well, that and we were looking for this big you know, punchy guy gets to right. the dirty areas. And that's not what you want to draft in the first two rounds of a draft. Right. And Hey, never forget. Zemgus Gergensen's was an all-star. <laughs> yes. When he had 30 points in 82 games, he was an all-star <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, no, I like these lines, but we just kind of want to give you guys a preview of that stuff because that's what's to come when all these guys get healthy. I mean, I don't really know if Mitz will be a hundred percent by the end of the year. And honestly, I'm okay if he's not, I think like, he'll play probably like the last like 20-ish games. I think he'll be back for that. Yeah, because like we said, I mean, this team is not going to be good this year. They're going to be good next year, and they're going to be good the year after that. Yeah, they're going to be they're going to be a Batman 500 next year, and then they're going to start hopefully, you know, again, knock on wood, but with with the talent potential talent we have coming up, they're going to start being quote unquote good come two years from now, two three years from now, and and think about it too coming up like next season. So, you know, Hinnestro's only signed a one-year deal. So he's probably gone. 
Unless he decides or, to resign. Or you keep him around. You never know. Yeah, unless he decides to resign, but he's probably gone. Well, here, here, let me read you off the guys that are coming off this year. Okay. So coming off at the end of the season, I'll read you the UFAs first and then the RFAs. For those of you who don't know, UFA, unrestricted free agent, RFA, restricted free agent. So UFAs first, Cody Egan, Vinny Hinestroza, Mark Jankowski, John Hayden, Colin Miller, Will Butcher, Robert Hag, Mark Pissick, Ethan Prow, and Malcolm Subban. I and really only care about Oh, actually, right I'm sorry. There's, there's also some injured, injured people, too. Dustin Tokarski, Johnny Boychuk. I forgot about that. Um, Johnny Boychuk, Craig Anderson, Drake Kajula, and yeah, and Drake Kajula. So those are your UFAs. That opens up a lot of roster spots. And if you combine all their contracts, I mean, granted, Drake Kajula, Craig Anderson, Johnny Boychuk are not contributing to the cap right now because they're an injured reserve. It, it still frees up space. Okay, Johnny Boychuk doesn't count. Well, Johnny Boychuk, yeah, Johnny Boychuk doesn't count. That's a cap dump, whatever. That was to make the Eichel deal work and whatever. Well, RFAs. That was to help out the Islanders, too. That's fair. RFAs. Victor Olofsson, Brett Murray, Ryan McInnes, Jacob Bryson, Uko Pekalukkanen, and that's it. So a lot of your money. Three and, of mind those you, I'm worried about. Huh? Three of those I'm worried about. Yeah. But mind you, we have $12 million in cap space as we sit. Just That's going to be fun come the end of the season. We're going to have a good talk about right. what we want to give Victor Olison. But just Cody Eakin, Vinny Henestrosa, Mark Jankowski, and John Hayden give you roughly $5 million more in cap space. Just yeah. those three. Colin Miller gives you almost four point. Or gives you almost four million more in cap space. Will Butcher is at two point eight million. Robert Hag one point six. So you're going to have a lot of cap space to work with, and a lot of talent to entice people. Hey, we're going to be good in a couple of years. You want to come try yourself out here for a couple of years? You're going to see the Sabers try. I think what they should try to do is do what Vegas did and try to go grab this quote unquote. Island of Misfit Toys, the guys that are good but don't have a shot on their team or as much of a shot on their team. The guys like Alex Tuck was or like Will Carlson was. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, go find guys like that. There are guys out there in the NHL that are good but they don't have a shot because of where they are. Exactly. And and th- and think about, too, like, like I said, Henestrosa, I don't, I don't think he resigns. If he does, cool. If not... I it's it's kind of a one two way street of like yes I wouldn't be mad but also like okay he he played the year whatever right. so Hinesrosa comes out guess what that means oh JJ Paterka could come up Jack, Jack Quinn come up R two maybe even that's right Rutzelainen's down there and as well. if if Murray even if we resign Murray Murray could still become just an extra extra player and then boom plug in JJ Paterka or Jack Quinn if they're ready Brett Murray could be um, Zemgus Gergensen's in a way. And that's kind of what I'm, that's kind of what I'm seeing from what I've seen him play uh, just a little bit, even, even just a little bit slower, which is my, my biggest concern. Uh, I know I've talked about this before. I think last episode, I'm worried about Brett Murray's speed, but right. Other than that, like JJ Paterka and Jack Quinn are ready for next year. So these lines are looking pretty high powered in a sense. Yeah. And once guys like, I mean, Guys will have the whole offseason to work on stuff. Who knows who they bring in in free agency. 
But what we do know, the core four of Cousins, Paterka, or Cousins, Krebs, yeah, Cousins, Krebs, Paterka, and Quinn. Those, and, and no, I admit too, core five. Those guys want to play together and they want to win together. They don't want to win for they well, they want well they do want to win for each other. They don't want to win for themselves. They want to win for each other and they want to win for this city. And I think that's really promising to see. Definitely. And like we said, there's a lot to look forward to. So keep an eye out in the coming weeks for everyone to be healthy and start, you know, building that chemistry that hopefully we'll see over the next few years of these guys stick together. But with that, running out of time here in the Die by the Way podcast. So we're gonna jump into Josh, what is one thing you are looking forward to in the coming week, whether it's hockey-related or not? Going to the game, honestly. I've only been yeah, to one game this fair. year. Yeah, I mean, it is the Lightning, so it could be kind of a scary game, but I'm excited. It, it's always fun to see. Like, I always try to do that, where I go see teams that have, like, really good players on them while watching the Sabres. Like, I obviously don't see the Sabres lose, but me getting more into goaltending, I want to watch Ukapekalukanen live i want to watch andre vasilevsky live well it's not probably not gonna be vazzy but you never know Mm. um i want to see guys like like steven stamkos play before like who knows the next time i might see the lightning play maybe stamkos won't be on the team you know um i've seen the lightning so many times i don't care at this point (laughs) see i've been trying to like i've also been trying to like see every team in the league at least once i'm trying to see some more west coast teams that's yeah. my goal. I've seen all. I've seen the Lightning a few times. I've seen the Devils a few times. I always end up going to these, see these teams that I've already seen. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to a game, but I want to see something different. Yeah, I, I'll ha- I, I keep the ticket stubs from all my games, so I'll have to go back and see like what teams I haven't seen yet. But I know I saw Vegas in their first game in Buffalo. Um, I saw Boston earlier this season. I'm going to see Tampa. Uh, I just, I, I like, I like trying to like see all the teams, but I definitely, I know I haven't seen Toronto in a regular season game. I haven't seen like Florida, Nashville, teams like that, but seen Washington a bunch, seen New Jersey I saw Washington a bunch. once and I was like eight. <laughs> it was anyway. the Tux for Pucks game back in like 05 when we used to do New Year's Eve games and everyone wore oh, Tuxes. Yeah, yeah. Those games I miss, were cool. I miss, I want that to come back, honestly. Yeah. It's fun. It gets the fans involved. That's it, how you do the it. People going. Um, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, no. So I'm excited for that. And then uh, just excited for this snow. Hopefully uh, the lakes around us start to freeze and we can go out and play some outdoor hockey. Big facts. I, I'm I'm hoping that can happen. It's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I was glad to be able to do it last year and uh, love to yeah. do it this year. Oh, yeah. Myself, personally, I don't really got much going on. I just have a bunch of work. Um, I'm super busy tomorrow for work and then, you know, all next week. I don't really have anything planned. I know Sunday, uh, me and the lady, me and the lady are doing a nice little breakfast date. So it's something it's nice. You know what else is Sunday? AFC East division title game, baby. Let's go. Week 18, the very first week, 18. Well, not the very first, but the first like eight, 17 game season. Right. So. Very excited for that. Um, Bills can clinch the uh, the AFC East, so hope they do that. They're facing the Jets, so like I'm not super worried, but also well, we said that about the Jets. Hey, man, it's one of those trap games. We fell victim to a trap game, multiple trap games this year. Actually. Did you know? That's the point. Did you know? Obviously, we're not a Bills podcast, but did you know if the Bills 
So somebody did a thing the other day and took the entire league and said, if every single team's one score loss resulted in a win, here's the records. The Bills would be 15 and one. Yeah. Because they got blown out by the Colts, but every other game that they've lost has been by one score or less. Yep. We haven't so, won a one-score game this year. Huh? We haven't won a one-score game this year. All of our wins came by 10-plus points. Oof. Yes. It's Yikes. concerning. However, they've looked good the past couple of weeks. Again, not a Bills podcast, so I'm not going to get <laughs> into it. However, thank you guys for listening, and go Bills. <laughs>